This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day! Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number six of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host for this podcast journey to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, a.k.a. Sin City. As usual, before I get things rolling for this episode, there's a few little housekeeping bits I want to take care of. First off, thanks so much to everyone who's found us at our new home on Podbean and at JeffDoesVegas.com. Lots of folks have made the switch over from the old SoundCloud feed, and the play numbers are growing, so again, thank you for that. Also, a big thanks to everyone who's sharing the episodes on their social media feeds, and thanks to everyone who's picked us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JeffDoesVegas. And don't forget as well, the Jeff Does Vegas podcast is up and available on iTunes, Spotify, and the Podbean app for Apple and Android, so you can listen on the go anytime and anywhere. Now, let's get things rolling. This week's episode is a bit of a special one in that it's a crossover. Now, there are so many great crossovers throughout history. I mean, Family Guy and The Simpsons. Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Family Matters and Full House, and now another one you can add to the list, the Faces and Aces Las Vegas podcast and the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Chris, the host of Faces and Aces, got in contact with me via Twitter a few weeks ago after he listened to episode number two of the show, where I talked about some of the scams and scammers people might encounter while walking the strip. He asked if he could run the segment on his show, and of course, I said yes. At that point, we decided we wanted to collaborate on some podcast ideas, and after a couple of weeks of brainstorming, this is what we came up with. I hope you like listening to it as much as I like recording it. Enjoy! First off, I just want to say that I'm thrilled that you know you reached out to me to try to... to you know, on my podcast stuff. And I mean, we were, we were talking prior to, we started recording about, you know, I'm loving this, this podcast community and this Vegas podcast community, because everybody's kind of working towards a, a, a similar goal, a common goal where, as you said, we're hobbyists. Everybody just is kind of doing this for fun and just sharing a common interest. And so for me coming from a, a radio background to have somebody reach out and say, Hey, can, you know, can I run your, your clip on, on my show and, and on my podcast? And, you know, I'd love to do some, some collaboration with you is really cool. So first off, I want to say thank you for, for doing that for me. I really do appreciate that. Hey, man, it's my pleasure, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, I just got to say, I'm just paying it forward because when I started my podcast, um, some other Vegas podcasters reached out to me or I reached out to them, and they were very kind in giving me some advice and suggestions. And so I found it to be a very welcoming community, and I just thought, man, moving forward, I got to show the same class to other people that they showed to me. And just to uh, give them a quick shout-out because I do still – 
appreciate what they did. There was, uh, you can bet on that. Mark over there was very kind in answering a lot of questions. Adam over at what used to be Vegas fanboy and is now a travel fanboy. He helped me tremendously as well as Mark over at 360 Vegas. So uh, I, pre- I appreciate their kindness. Therefore, I must pay it forward. So to pay it forward to all of those guys on on my end of things, you know, go and and for my listeners, go and check out those podcasts and and take a listen to them and and you know enjoy those in addition to mine and of course uh, Chris's with uh, Faces and Aces Las Vegas, which by the way is is a really cool podcast. I've I've been going back through the catalog and listening to some of the past episodes and um and you know not just the one that I was on um, going back <laughs> and I mean you hit on some really cool topics and some really really interesting stuff and and you know you you get some cool guests and you 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 dig pretty deep into the into the Vegas experience what made you decide you wanted to do a Vegas podcast first of all and a podcast period Wow. Um, I guess I got into podcasting because uh, I had been listening to podcasts for a number of years and I had kind of had the itch to want to do one. Um, And Vegas, because it's the topic that I know that I could speak about for hours and hours, and that just made it really easy to do. So how long, you know, you asked me the the same question on on your podcast. how long when when was your first trip to vegas boy um i mean it, it, i can't nail down the year because i was a kid i grew up in california uh just a little bit south of la and my family would take fa- you know the family trip load everybody up into the truckster and you know let's go explore the west and one trip we went out to the grand canyon another trip we went out to bryce canyon another trip you know and every one of those trips one of the stops would be in las vegas so somewhere i have you know, a faded photo or perhaps a slide of, you know, the whole Kim clan out there underneath the circus circus sign, taking that picture, um, you know, me and my bell bottoms and shaggy hair as a kid. So I, I it was, wasn't until maybe I was mm, 21 that I went back to Vegas without the family and I was in college and it was with a bunch of college buddies and we just, just decided to do a, a road trip. And I think I fell in love with it right away it, it, because of the gambling. Let's, I'll be frank and honest. In the very beginning, it was straight up because of the gambling and I loved it. Are you still a gambler when you go? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that lesson. I was going to say, got smart with your money. Hey, eh? that's yeah. That's. <laughs> I kind of took this trip through Vegas in my twenties. It was all about the gambling in my thirties. It was pretty much all about the shows. And, and now in my forties, it's pretty much been all about the food. You know, it's funny that you, you, you talk about it like that, because I think, I mean, I never really, you know, on, you know, we talked on, on your podcast about my first trip and my first trip was 2001 with my wife and staying at circus circus and all that kind of fun stuff. And yeah. You know, at the time, you know, I joked about us being poor, which I mean, we didn't have a whole ton of disposable income when we went. So there wasn't a lot of gambling. Um, My wife gets zero joy out of sitting in front of a slot machine and pumping money into it and pushing a button. And I mean, at that time on our first trip, you weren't pushing a button, you were still pulling a handle and it still spat out coins. So there was some sort of excitement there. Now, you know, you're just sitting there pushing a button like a, a hamster hitting a button for a food pellet. Um... And so now even, you know, when we go, if the two of us go together, there's like no gambling at all. My wife just, we walk through the casino and she just comments at how miserable everybody looks. 
And when I go by myself, I'm not the kind that's going to sit there in front of a slot machine for three hours or four hours on end. A, because I still don't really have the disposable income to do it. And B, I get zero joy out of it. I would rather take the money that I would spend on gambling and go to the Pinball Hall of Fame or go to GameWorks or something like that and sit and play video games or sit and play pinball for two hours. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my thought. And, and like yourself now at this point in my life, it is all about the food. I absolutely love, love, love the food scene in Vegas. There's there's some great stuff there and stuff for every budget and every palate. And it's just it's just an absolutely amazing place to go for that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I got really lucky in my 30s because the the woman that I met, who is now my wife, we shared that love for Vegas and we had a great time. We also share a love for musicals. And during that time in our 30s, that was when they were bringing all the Broadway shows oh, yeah. to the different venues. And so we got to see Mamma Mia, Avenue Q, Spamalot. And, we, you know, we would go out there three, four, five times a year just to catch a different show. Um, but And she loves the gambling, too. And, you know, some of my worst gambling trips, she's been there and understood. And so it's been really nice <laughs> to have a forgiving wife when, you know, she sees me losing at the table and she's like, I get it. It's cool. <laughs> We're all right. <laughs> you've you've met some really cool people, you know, and listening to your your episodes and your podcast, you've met some really cool people on your your travels down to Vegas. Is there any any favorite people or any favorite stories that kind of really, really stand out um, for you in, in, you know, good or bad per se, you know, any real sketchy experiences of anybody you've chatted with that you thought, oh shit, this was a terrible idea. Why did I start talking to this person? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay. There is a sketchy story, but it, it'll take way too long to get into. I'll tell you, perhaps on another day. Oh, tease, um, tease! I, it's no, it's a it's a long ass boring <laughs> story. So, um, but it but in that experience, it did make me become a little bit cautious about the people that I meet in Vegas. I will say that. Um, I think. Something that you alluded to when you were on my show is the Vegas family. And that for me has been the best thing about starting this podcast because I have met a lot of cool people. Um, it, it seems kind of unfair to single someone out, but I'm all about unfair. So I'm going to single one person out. And that's uh, Heather from Vegas-Aces.com. I met her as a, we did an interview. I found her online, had her on the show, and we've become very, very good friends since then. Um, whenever she's in LA, we go out and grab a bite. Whenever I go to Vegas, she's you know the one person every time that I will hit up and let her know that I'm coming to town for sure. Um, other people I kind of do here and there, depending on how much time I have, because yeah, you do meet a lot of people and you mm -hmm. want to you know go out to eat, but there's just not enough time on a three day trip. But is there is there any really? I mean. You know, I mean, really great people. I mean, obviously, you know, again, you, you mentioned favorite people, but I mean, as far as, you know, favorite interviews or, or, you know, folks that you've talked to in that regard, like, is there anybody specific that you really, you know, you think of fondly or you think of, you know, I, I was talking about one of your, uh, your previous episodes about the subject of homelessness. And I can't imagine that was an easy subject to talk about or, or, you know, broach on, on a podcast that's about, you know, supposed to be about the the happiest place on earth for adults, uh, you know, anybody that you talk to in that situation or in, in that episode that really kind of stood out. Yeah. I'm, well, it's interesting because, um, I interview a lot of people for the show because one element of the show is I ask people to share their fun Vegas story. And then the other part of the show is based on one little piece of that story. I try to go find someone in Vegas 
to interview. And so I've interviewed at least, you know, it could be two, three, four people per episode. And so there's a lot of people that I've talked to. Um, and I take away different cool things from each person that I talk to. Like Matthew O'Brien, the person that you were referring to for the homeless episode, he couldn't have been the nice, he couldn't have been any nicer in terms of handling a very sensitive uh, subject. Um, also, one of the very early interviews that I did, I talked to uh, Dr. Timothy Fong, who actually works at UCLA in the gambling studies, and we talked about uh, gambling addiction. And that interview has really stuck with me. And he, a very fascinating person to talk to. And another person is Dr. Breda Barbanel, who's out over at uh, UNLV. And we just had a fun conversation about gambling in movies. Um, so the conversations that I've had with people have run the gamut. And it's hard for me to single out one in particular, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, it's like picking yeah. a favorite kid, because I really enjoy the different types of conversations that I've had with people. I'm not a parent, but I know several people who are, and if they have multiple children, they all tell me they have a favorite kid. So I don't think it apparently is that hard. So <laughs> as well as, as well as the fun stories that I've heard. Yeah. I mean, I, so it's, it's hard to say, yes, this person's story was much more fun than the other person's, but, uh, you know, because I find them all fascinating. I love to hear Vegas stories. It's, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, your experience of, of, uh, of going down to interview somebody and ending up becoming very close friends with them because that's that's one of the things that's that occurred with me in in going down to vegas and one of the reasons that i go back as often as i do um you have spoken you and i, I think have spoken we've tweeted back and forth about uh monday's dark and mark yep. chinook that's so, on my bucket list <clears throat> that should absolutely be and and i can't believe i i'm gonna lie it's one of those things i kind of took for granted and i didn't put on my list of things that that we're here to talk about today. So I may have to do a quick amendment to my list, uh, but uh, I would, I would think that that though is a Vegas insight. Like if you and I were to make a Vegas insider list, not necessarily a bucket list, because that is definitely a locals thing to do that you and I kind of sneak in and, you know, though you and I who consider ourselves, you know, distant locals. Yeah. Um, we kind of would enjoy that type of thing, but I don't know if that would necessarily be a, uh, part of the category as we put it, the, uh, must list what we what was it called are <laughs> are th was it things you, things you need to do in vegas to say you've done vegas i think right yeah and and i think you know i think you're but yeah you're right maybe we need to maybe that's a, a future crossover episode is a is an insider's like list yeah. yeah um but yeah i mean mark uh mark chinook who um uh runs he's you know the creator of monday's dark he runs a venue down in Vegas called The Space. Um, he just wrapped up a run as the MC for Magic Mike Live. He's the in-game host for the Vegas Golden Knights games. Um, he's he's everywhere all the time. And when I met Mark, uh, it was 2013, he was one of the leads in Rock of Ages when it was playing at the Venetian. And um, I was traveling down to Vegas, uh, in the summer for a, a vacation with some buddies. And, uh, I worked at a radio station at the time that played basically the entire rock of ages soundtrack. We, we were a, we were a classic hits radio station. So we played a whole ton of, of eighties music. And so, you know, Hey, tax deductible vacation. I thought maybe I should set up an interview with these guys at rock of ages and see if I can, you know, do an interview and then run it on the air. And so I set it up and Mark was one of the guys that they, they set up to do this interview with me. And, um, we kind of bonded over 
you know, he Mark's Canadian. He's from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, tiny little town in northwestern Ontario. Um, he grew up playing hockey. His dad owns a, a major junior hockey league team. Um, you know, we bonded over hockey, Canadianisms, butter tarts, and all dressed chips. And so in the last five, almost five and a half years now, we just kind of, you know, it started off just staying in touch. And every time I'd come down, he'd hook me up with tickets. We'd go to the show. We'd go out for beers afterwards. Now we are, he's probably one of my best friends in the world. And, and same thing. He is the guy that I will go to Vegas. He's the, the absolutely 100% can't miss guy that I need to talk to and need to see and will always hang out with. And he will always make time for me and I will always make time for him. And so, yeah, like it's, it's funny how you kind of, you gain those friendships <laughs> and, uh, and that's, yeah, it's weird that you, you and I have kind of got that same sort of commonality in, in, uh, in Vegas. So yeah, that's, that's weird, man. That's freaky. <laughs> yeah. And also just, uh, the one, one, just to add, uh, to, uh, Mark's resume, he is also the co-host of the podcast, all the Vegas. That's right too. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yet another Vegas the, podcast for people to go check out. Yes. And, and Mark and, uh, and that podcast, um, is is fantastic i uh i listened to a few episodes over the holidays and they have some pretty legit guests on there too they had uh, uh recently they had tape face on there which i was kind of baffled by because i don't think he talks does he that's uh <laughs> i didn't hear that episode yet yeah, but i am extremely jealous of the inside pool that he can dip into oh of my talent god because if, yeah if if you you're you're bang on right i mean monday's dark um, you know, and I'm going to throw this out as a bit of a love letter towards Mark and his show that, you know, again, I love and will support to no end. And I've brought people to his show that have never been to a show of, of his and all of them now will plan their Vegas trips around when, when they're going down, they'll text me and they'll be like, Hey, is there a Monday's dark on when we're going to be down there? And <laughs> so they're at that point with it. And the, the level of talent that he can bring in for a Monday's dark is just amazing because of course it's all of his Vegas pals. It's it's, and you never, you literally never know who is going to show up at these shows. There's regulars that come out all the time, but I mean, some of the, the level of talent that he gets, he's had the guys from tenors of rock have shown up. Um, the righteous brothers have shown up at that show, um, to perform at Monday's dark, uh, John D Domenico, who is the top Donald Trump impersonator in the world right now, he goes religiously to Monday's dark and, and is very, very funny. And so, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a cavalcade of talent. It's 20 bucks is where the tickets start and all the money goes to charity. So there's, there's my obligatory Jeff does Vegas Monday's dark plugs. So (laughs) (laughs) Monday's dark is on my bucket list. And I do really appreciate what he's doing for the Vegas community and what all the performers do when they come down and put on a show, all that money goes to a different charity every month. Um, I I think it's mondaysdark.com to look into it for, if you want to look into that. Yeah. It's, uh, and again, yeah, it's twice a month and 10 K at each show in 90 minutes. And, um, they're, they're going to hit a million dollars this year after uh, five years of, of doing this show in, in Vegas, they're going to hit a million bucks this year. So that's going to be a pretty, pretty special, special show to say the least, but, um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So we, we alluded to it earlier, this list that you and I have been, been working on and we've kind of been chatting back and forth about, we, we did our, our number 10 to number six already. And if you want to hear the number 10 to number six 
portion of this list, um, you need to head over to facesandacesLV.com and check out Chris's podcast, the Faces and Aces Las Vegas podcast, um, and listen. You can listen to the first half of the list, and then I've got... I've, I don't know how somehow I managed to, I, I won the coin toss and, and I get to reveal the five through one portion of the list on my show. Let me jump in real quick with, um, in case this is, you know, someone just finding the podcast, maybe it's a year down the road and you're listening to this and you're trying to look for the episode. This will be the episode that will appear right after episode 59. It'll be labeled bonus round and uh, it'll have the word list in the title. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but it, it'll be something list and it'll be a right after the, it'll be a bonus round episode right after 59. And for mine, if you're, if you're going back in time and listening at uh, jeffdoesvegas.com, um, this will be episode number six, I think. <laughs> yeah. Number, number six. That sounds right. Episode number six is so, so you may have to scroll a little bit, and, but, or, or who knows it, it should be there. So, uh, and I, I will, it will just be episode number six of the Jeff does Vegas podcast. So there we go. Um, so we're going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, uh, the away honors of, uh, of starting. So hit me with your number five item on your list of the top 10 things you need to do in Vegas to say you've done Vegas. All right, for my number five, and this harkens back to uh, one of the items that was on your list saying that you have to go see a Cirque du du Soleil show. Uh, Instead of putting a Cirque du Soleil show on my list, I went with, you got to go check out a magic show to say that you've done Vegas, whether it be Penn & Teller, Matt King, or one of the many, or Jen Kramer, one of the many fantastic magicians. But I think that the tradition of Vegas are entertainers, and some of those entertainers are magicians. You know how you felt about the link, the high roller? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about magicians. (laughs) Listen, I, I appreciate the talent a lot. I really yeah. do. I, I very much appreciate the talent of magicians. It's it's something that I could never do in a million years. It's something that I don't understand. I remember one time uh, in my radio days having to MC a magician show, yeah. and I was backstage ahead of time. I watched the girl climb into the box, and when I was out front and watched the illusion, I still didn't understand how he did it. So I can appreciate the art. I can appreciate everything about it. But it is just not my jam, not in the least. I, and I've seen, I mean, I've seen David Copperfield live and it's amazing and the illusions are incredible. And I've been to see Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller was what was actually the first, I think the first Vegas show I ever saw was Penn and Teller back in yeah. 2001. And then I saw them again in 2016. And I think they're kind of still doing almost the same act. Like they've just, for me, it's, it's just not my jam. <laughs> well, okay. For with Penn and Teller, they've actually changed up their entire uh, act, and they're they've made a conscious effort to do so to bring in uh, you know to bring people back. Um, but okay, I hear, I'm going to argue my case. All right, I'm going to lay it out for you. All right, Vegas magicians are so uh, synonymous. Magicians are so synonymous with Vegas. They could do a movie about it called Burt Wonderstone. I will <clears throat> doubt that. That the Hollywood would make a movie about the Link High Roller. That's <laughs> unless it starred Bruce Willis, and it Di- was going to blow up. Die Hard High Roller. <laughs> what? 
Coming this summer. I would watch that movie, actually. Is oh, what... me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally would see it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know what? That's fair. I think that that's fair. And, I mean, there have been other movies about magic in Vegas. Wasn't there a heist movie about that? Yeah, Now or You I'm... See Me. Yeah, That okay, that's the one I'm thinking. Or I was thinking maybe I'm confusing something. Maybe I'm mashing movies in with Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Thirteen or something. But, no, there was. Yeah, Now You See Me. That was a Vegas heist magician movie. So, yeah. I get... and, I mean, you're right. There's There's that deep history all the way back to you know Siegfried and Roy and you know and and that end of it but for me and maybe if you know the large illusion shows are kind of okay and yeah you look at it and that's cool but I don't want to go watch card tricks you know what I mean like (laughs) it's just right right I get I get that it's not your cup of tea I get that but you can't argue that it is a must do in order to say that you've done Vegas Magic has got to be on that list. And I guess then I can say I have done Vegas because I have, I I mean, like I say, I've seen Penn and Teller and I love, I mean, Penn and Teller, they are as iconic in Vegas now, I would say, as Siegfried and Roy were 15 years ago or 20 years ago, right? Penn and Teller have been there forever. um, And they still, my, my favorite thing about a Penn and Teller show, and I love the fact that they do this. I love the fact that when the show is done, they bolt out into the lobby and they meet and greet every single person that comes out of the show. Yep. That is in my mind, 100% pure class. You know, you, you, I don't know anybody else that, I mean, it's some of the smaller shows. They still do that. And you know, I mean the tenors of rock and human nature jukebox, those guys come out and they hang out and they'll sign autographs and take pictures and stuff. But I mean, you know, Penn and Teller are legends, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're out there. It would be almost like, um, you know, it would be like Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses running out into the lobby and standing there to sign photos or sign pictures or take pictures with people that doesn't happen. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Penn and Teller yeah. still do that. And that was probably one of, one of my most cherished, cherished things of going to a, a Vegas show and going to Penn and Teller recently was getting that photo with Penn and Teller. So that was kind of cool, but but still, I mean, for me, a magic show is just not, that's not my jam. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's not your, it's not your thing, but you got to admit, I got to get this out of you. You got to admit it is a thing that you have to do to say that you've done Vegas. No, I, I think so. Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah, you, you, got totally me there. you got me there. You, you've brought me over to the, the dark side, so to speak. Still, you are against me on the high roller though. So that's something. That's... <laughs> I, uh, I allowed it to, I, you know, went to the judges. I conferred with them and we allowed the high roll of the stand. My number five on the list, and this is uh, in some of the vein of, unfortunately, it's in the vein of the cheesy again, gondola yeah. ride at the Venetian. Mm, I'm stroking my chin. I can I can hear the wheels turning. Thinking, is this as terrible as the high roller? Better than the high roller? For those that for those that aren't in the know, Chris and I had a, a very lengthy discussion about the high roller, um, which you can catch <laughs> in the 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 his episode uh, at uh, facesandacesLV.com. Um, we had a big big argument slash discussion about it. Number five, gondola ride at the Venetian. Your thoughts. I think the gondola ride is a fantastic experience, but if you've never experienced the gondola ride, can I, can you say that you've done Vegas? Um, boy, this is a good question. 
I think, I mean, it's cool. It's fun. Um, but to me, the gondola ride is kind of like saying you haven't done Vegas unless you've gone on the, uh, the what is it, the New York Express roller coaster over at New York, New York? It's funny. Is that what it's called? Funny you mentioned that. It's my that's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would lump them together and say that you had to have gone on at least some kind of ride, whether it be whether it be the closed Luxor boat ride that went under the Luxor, or the Venetian gondola ride, or the um, what other roller coasters are there on the strip still? Something over at Circus Circus. Um, can we lump them all together? The Stratosphere still have their roller coaster too. Yeah, they do. But those are yeah. thrill rides. I mean, the gondola ride at the Venetian, to be fair, is yeah. definitely not a thrill ride. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's cheesy. It's you know, you've got in the same vein as the Eiffel Tower of the Bienvenue à la Tour de Eiffel. <laughs> you've got a, a a guy or girl that's clearly not Italian singing a, you know, singing in Italian to you as they're pushing a button with their foot. Cause you can hear the motor and the motorized gondola making its way through the canals, either inside or outside. My wife and I did it and again. This, I think we did that on our very first ever trip to Vegas. Yeah. We we've never done it again. We never will do it again. And I think maybe it's one of those things for if you're a first timer, First timer slash last timer, I think you need to do the gondola ride at the Venetian. Boy, I'm I'm stuck on this one. I'm really I'm really on the fence <laughs> because I mean, I, okay, for sure, definitely, this ain't my jam. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to put aside my personal prejudice and because you know because it's just weird and creepy man because first of all you're not doing that solo there's no way you're just you know no, you're just sitting no. in a boat and have you're looking up at some dude be like sing to me dude yeah well he's going no solo mio and it's just clear he's making stuff up obviously that's what's going right. on yeah and then no. I Even get if you have your your loved one with you, it's still a little uncomfortable because someone's watching. Oh yeah, that's a little creepy. Because you're you're not you're not. <laughs> I know when my wife and I did it, we did not keep a straight face. There was no. Yeah. We, I know we didn't keep a straight face when we did it. But I think that, like I say, I think you strictly for almost strictly for the story afterwards to be able right. to say when you went when you go back home to you know. Winnipeg, Canada, or you go back to, you know, Idaho or wherever you're from in the, you know, Midwest or Minnesota or whatever, to be able to go with your friends and go, yeah, you know what we did? <laughs> we, oh, you won't believe this. We did this. Well, we, and, and we can't do that anywhere else. We, other than unless we go to Venice and then it's going to be real. But until, you know, we did this thing and it was so goofy and we, we paid the $30 for the picture at the end and the, what I think just for the experience, I think you need to do it. Okay. You know what? I feel you on this one. And I can, I am like just so solidly right in the middle. What do you, how about I propose this? Okay. Uh, after the episode comes out, we put it out on Twitter and we let the Twitter audience decide whether or not if this qualifies. I'm with that. I'm down with that. Put it up as a Twitter poll. Yeah. 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 We let them decide whether or not if this deserves to be on the list. <laughs> And I will go with whichever way the Twitter audience goes. All right, that's fair. I'm I'm completely down with that. I'm totally fair. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm up for that. I'm cool. 
Okay, okay. So I that's still, how we'll settle that. That's one. how we'll, we'll we'll put it to the internet gods because nothing has ever gone wrong when anybody's done that before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your uh, your number four on the uh, on the list? Okay, so my number four. I think this has to be done to really say that you've done Vegas. You got to go throw a pair of craps dice down the table. Like I know with in terms of gambling, a lot of people will say, you know, put money into a slot machine and push the button or sit at a blackjack table and take a hit. Like those are some classic things, but nothing says Vegas more than Vegas than playing craps. And I'm not a big craps guy. I don't really play craps much, but I had to at least get that done. I would feel like my trips to Vegas would have been incomplete had I never thrown a pair of dice down the table. I've never confession, Vegas confession, different podcast, um, <laughs> Vegas confession here. I've never played a table game in Vegas. I am terrified of a table game, whether yeah. it's, whether it's craps, whether it's roulette, whether it's blackjack poker is not even on my radar. Um, yeah. I don't, for me, I hate to say I don't have the, I mean, cause again, and craps, I just don't understand like nothing about that game. I see people throw the dice and I see everybody yell and cheer or everybody go, Oh, I have no idea how that game works at all. So maybe I'd be okay with craps because I could just walk up, put some money down and go, Hey, shoo, done. There we go. Okay. I'm good. That's maybe I'd be okay with that. But table games feel like a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Like for somebody yeah. that's not an experienced gambler, isn't necessarily fast thinking. Like I remember one time at a casino here sitting down, it was a quiet middle of the afternoon. I was, we have a casino in downtown Calgary that, you know, it's whatever it's open 24 hours. It's middle of the afternoon. I was downtown having meeting somebody for lunch and I thought, I'm going to wander in here and just whatever. And it was dead, completely dead. And I found a, a blackjack table that had nobody sitting at it, had a dealer, I had 20 bucks in my pocket and I was like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Dealer was like, no, no, don't worry. Like, you know, I'll, I'll help you quote unquote within five minutes. Some other dude sits down at the table. There's like yeah. four other blackjack tables that are empty and you're going to sit down with me. Right. Within three minutes, he had completely ruined my experience because <laughs> in my mind, it's like, listen, I just can count to 21. That's all I'm going to do. If I can count to 20, a higher number than the dealer and I don't go over 21, I'm cool with that. That means I'm winning money. All of a sudden, this guy sits down. He's like, well, you should have split that. You should have doubled down. You should have blah, 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 blah. And I looked at him and I went, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he looked at me like I was ruining his day. And I'm like, you know, this is black. This is cards. It's not a strategy game. It's not a team sport. I'm not supposed to be helping you. You're not supposed to be helping me. But he seemed to think that that's how that worked. Well, and it kind of is. It kind of is a strategy <laughs> game and it kind of is a team sport. <laughs> so I, mean, I, hate to, I hate to contradict, but I mean. It... <laughs> so now you see my dilemma with the with the table games of why I am the way I am. Right. So, yeah, you, I mean, again, I, I he just inside of five minutes, this guy completely ruined my experience. That's and I, and I got up and walked away. So to do that in a casino in Vegas scares me beyond right. all fear. 
Now, I know a lot of the hotels and a lot of the casinos offer gaming lessons for the people that are up in the morning. So maybe it's just maybe I need to face my free, my fear and I need to go sit down in front of, a you know, take the craps lessons, take the table game lessons and really, you know, focus on trying to do that. Maybe that's something that I do need to to do to say that I've done Vegas. It's just a matter of uh, the buddy system. You just need to go with somebody who knows what they're doing at a particular game, sit next to them, and then when it's time, you just lean over and say, what do I do here? And they'll tell you exactly what to do, and you'll still get that experience. That, That's what I did with craps. Isn't that how you get your fingers broken in Vegas? Don't Do they still do that? <laughs> <laughs> do you end up with Joe Pesci putting your head in a vice if you try to play it as a team? I don't I don't know. I don't understand. It just, yeah, yeah. Alec, Alec Baldwin or Lawrence Fishburne takes you to the back room. Exactly, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I, that's my craps experiences have been solely for that. I will stand next to my buddy Todd or I will stand next to my buddy Joe. And I'm saying, Joe, where do you where are you putting your money? I will put my money right on top of yours. Wait for the dice to come around. Chuck the dice just so I could have that experience. Win or lose. Don't care. I just wanted that little experience. At some point, I will learn craps because a lot of my friends play and they have a good time and it's there's good camaraderie to be had there. Um but I do feel better knowing that I've done that. Now, let me let me ask you, do you feel your Vegas trip is incomplete, never having played a table game in Vegas? No, not in the least. Wow. <laughs> Vegas, it's known for gambling. It's known for table games. Not in the least for me. It's, And again, I think maybe it's my, my gambling... My gambling experience has been strictly with slot machines. And even, again, yeah. with that, it's... There is no strategy. There's no skill. There's nothing. It's just pushing a button and, you know, I look at those machines and I see 2,825 ways to win. No, for me, that's 2,825 ways to lose. I don't yeah. understand how the symbols work. It's like, what do you, I just got seven of this same symbol and I got nothing. I don't understand. How is that a thing? But it's still... Again, for me, I'm doing it because, you know what, it's it's kind of fun and I might get a couple of free drinks out of it and I can sit there and just sort of do that. But again, it, for me, it's like that's an hour of my time at the most. It's not hours on end. Um, I don't feel incomplete by not ever having, you know, sat at a table and played a table game. But maybe if I tried it once, I would enjoy it enough or I would like it enough that, you know what, I have to make this a thing that I do when I go to Vegas. And again, not for hours on end, but just to sit there for, you know, a couple of hands of blackjack or, you know, a couple of rolls of the dice for craps or, you know, a couple of spins of the wheel for roulette or something like that. That's yeah. that's where I would be with it personally. Yeah, see, I think, okay, when you and I go, because now it's a thing, when you and I go to Vegas. <laughs> now it's a thing, yeah. We're going we're gonna to sit down and we're going to play some blackjack. We're going to play um, some pie gal, maybe a little bit of roulette. We're going to, and be, we're not, don't forget about roulette. That's dumb. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love for you to be able to experience the conversations that are had at the blackjack table, the joking around with the dealer, the making friends with the people who are sitting at the table with you, you know, the, the jokes that can be made specifically at that one table because of how the cards laid out. It's a cool experience, man. See, and when you, you've, you've sold me on that, cause that sounds like it's actually enjoyable. I, I, yeah. and, and again, maybe it's because I had that one terrible, terrifying experience 
at a casino here where it's just like, you know what? No, that's not what I want. So yeah, if I can, if as long, again, as long as you can promise that it's not going to end up with fingers broken or getting beaten up in a back alley, <laughs> I'm absolutely 100% up for, for teaming up with somebody to, to try to, to try to play the game. So no, I'm totally down for that. Um, it's, it's totally having fun with your friends at the table. I remember we were playing a uh, uh, blackjack at a table and uh, I think I ended up splitting like a pretty hefty bet four times. And uh, you know, the, the joking around that happens, my buddy, a buddy at the end of the table was said something like, Oh my God, your balls are just so huge. And I came back to him. <laughs> I came back to him saying, man, my balls are so big. I got to store them underneath the seat on the airplane when I come out here. <laughs> And it's just that kind of, you know, messing around with your friends that you get to have at a blackjack table. Yeah, no, I get that. I totally get that. So I, again, I think maybe, maybe I do need to try it just to try it. And, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll like it. I don't know. That's just, that's me. Um, speaking of things that we've never tried before, my number four, and we touched on this uh, briefly in uh, the episode that's on your site. Um, my number four was hitting up a strip club. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So we did talk about it over uh, over on my show. Do you want to have the continued discussion or should we just refer him back? No, we can. We. I, I mean, I'm all about the combination of the two. I think, uh, you know, my, my deal that I made for you, because again, this is a thing. If we go to Vegas together, um, I will pay for a woman to go away. <laughs> and if people want to know the setup to that, uh, they can check it out on your podcast at uh, faces and aces, uh, LV.com. I think that that's, that's completely reasonable to do, but yeah, number four, hit up a strip club. I think that you do, you do need to go to a strip club, even if it's a terrible strip club, like, like I went to, you know, we, for folks that, that haven't listened, um, it, I, I went to with buddies, not solo. Cause that'd be weird. I went to uh, girls, of glitter gulch with, uh, with my buddies. That strip club is no longer there. Um, it was over on Fremont street. We were there. We got suckered in by the, the lure of cheap drinks and a pretty woman at the door. Cause we were a bunch of guys and we were dumb and, um, it was, it was terrible, but again, maybe much like the gondola ride at the Venetian, it was for the story. <laughs> We, right. we, we told, we, we did, we had the experience just for the story. Really. It, it was terrible, but I think you do. There's a lot of really high end classy establishments in Vegas. You know, maybe don't go to little darlings, um, go to Sapphire, <laughs> crazy horse three, um, any of the, the higher end type places maybe. Um, but I think it is something that you definitely do need to do. And in that same vein, we talked about, uh, doing a burlesque show or a topless show. I think that that's all that is definitely in my mind. That is something that you absolutely do need to do in order to say that you've, you've done Vegas. Cause there's not too many other places where, where you can go and, and do that. Right. Okay. Now let me ask you this because I've never been to a strip club in Vegas and uh, my Vegas list is incomplete. I cannot say that I've done Vegas because I haven't gone. What if I went to like a Chippendales or a, um, uh, uh, puppetry of Lapidus with that count. Uh, I, hmm. I don't know that it, well, you know, the Chippendales maybe. Or Magic Mike. So my wife and, and, uh, and, and my buddy's wife went to Magic Mike together. And, yeah. uh, Mark, uh, Chinook was nice enough to get us tickets for that show or get the girls tickets for that show. My yeah. buddy and I did not go. Um, yeah. but he hooked them up with, like front row, like they had balls on their head kind of experience. Like there were guys, 
climbing over top of them and like they were right in the front on the couches and they that's how by the way that's how that, how they need to promote the show it's a balls on your head good time if you sit in these seats you will have we should be doing marketing for magic mike that's that's how this should be. i'm going to pass that on to mark i know he's leaving the mark show on the phone. But let's call mark let's call mark right now mark balls on the balls on your head you'll have a balls on your head good time that's how good this show is um i don't i mean magic mike there was I, I seem to recall my wife saying that there was only the only nudity in the show was was but once. Otherwise, it was a lot of guys in G strings. I don't know about the Chippendales show if they get buck or if or how buck they get. Um, puppetry of the penis is a different animal altogether, and I can I've never seen it. Um, I know people that saw it on uh, tour when they did the touring show of it, who said it was. It was like a car crash. You couldn't look away. Um, and I had friends that interviewed the guys from Puppetry of the Penis. And my favorite question they asked them was like, how did you discover you can do this? Like, were you just standing in the shower one day? And we're like, oh, look at that. I can make it look like a hamburger. Um, I, so I think, again, maybe Puppetry of the Penis is one of those shows that you have to go see just for the laughs. And and yeah. a, and kind of the oh my god shock factor, I don't think you get that shock factor at a strip club. Um, maybe a little bit at a uh, at a topless show, but I, again, I don't think you get that shock factor at a strip club. Strip clubs different beast altogether, I think. But that's yeah, that's, that's me. I think point. I think All you right. you do need to go at least once, guys, girls. It doesn't matter if you've got women with you; they're gonna have a blast. I know my buddy and his wife have gone to the strip club several times in Vegas, and they absolutely love it. They have a great time. She has a great time. Half the time, she's buying dances for him. She's the one up front tipping, you know, making it rain, tipping the dancers. So I think, you know, again, you got to go in with an open mind, but I think it's, yeah. it's definitely something that is absolutely worth, uh, worth, worth doing at least once. So oh, I'm going to make it a total creepy experience and go all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit in the back with a ball cap and sunglasses on. <laughs> trench coat yeah. just keep the trench coat closed the whole time don't say anything to anybody just sit there that's that's all you do just put your dollar bills on the table and yeah yeah I, I yeah mean, anybody walks up to me asking for a lap dance but this is for the bucket list yeah forget yeah. leave me alone this is for the list it's for the list just leave me alone i'm just here because it's for the list what list you'll be getting dragged out that's how that's gonna go i can tell you that right now um number three what's your number three on this list I don't know, but you just brought getting dragged out. That makes me think: is getting eighty sixth from a property should that be on the list? <laughs> I feel no. I feel that should not be on the list. Because I mean, I know, I know. Earlier in this in this list, you mentioned about you know something you need to do. I think it was your number seven was use an ATM, um, right. which just so you can get that slap in the face. I feel getting eighty sixth out of a property would be. No, I don't think you need to do that to say you've done Vegas. Maybe getting kicked I, out of a nightclub. That's, you know, for maybe, maybe, I don't know. I uh, did get, quote unquote, politely escorted from one table to another table. And I always wondered, did I do something wrong? Where I was sitting there playing blackjack with it and, and having a conversation with a dealer. And uh, I may or may not have asked something that was maybe a little bit too personal. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember the pit boss coming over and saying, you know, I have a seat for you right over here at this table. Huh. And he lifted the rope from in the pit, which you're never supposed to walk through the pit. He escorted me through the pit to a different 
pit of tables and said, you sit right here and you play right here. And, wow. and at first, I thought that I was being treated like a king. I was being <laughs> escorted over to another place. I thought, wow, the service of this joint. And it wasn't for a few minutes later and I sobered up a bit that I realized, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> that was that didn't quite go as I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, num- right, well, my number three. <laughs> let's, let's get. Oh my God, uh, number three, number three on the list. Your number three. My number three. Um, it's something that we hit on uh, uh, over on the other other conversation that we had over at Faces and Aces, and it is go to downtown Las Vegas, the place where there is pizza rock and the best gambling odds. Well, maybe not in Las Vegas, but, you know, on the quote unquote strip and the good times and the energy and the excitement and where the party goes all night. And it's mostly locals that are hanging out there. So, you know, you're among, well, I won't say you're all among good people, but you're among some, you know, okay, let me put it this way. And I've made this (laughs) analogy many times before. If you look at the Vegas as, if you look at Vegas as the Titanic, the strip is very much the, uh, upper class Kate Winslet type party. But downtown Las Vegas is where Leo DiCaprio is hanging out with everybody drinking moonshine and dancing, like just having a hoot nanny. That's what downtown Vegas is. I love, I love how you, you bigged it up and made it <laughs> such a positive, amazing, like you're selling it. If people go over to faces and aces and listen to your podcast <laughs> And listen to my number nine, because Fremont Street in downtown was number nine on my list. I just shat all over it um, compared to what you did. And again, as I said, you know, for me, Fremont is a place that I will go if I have a reason to be there. So, for example, I mentioned a friend of mine that that sings uh, occasionally down at uh, at Rush Lounge at the the Golden Nugget. Um, I have uh, I've I've go I'll go down there for that. or if I'm in town with people that have never been in town before, Fremont Street, in my mind, is a place you need to see once, at least once. And again, now I know that there's people that, like yourself, I know people that stay on Fremont Street, that don't barely leave Fremont Street. And I mean, the, that that whole area in downtown is not as big as clearly it's not as big as the strip it's not as huge as the strip but there's a lot of iconic stuff down there you know i mean that's where the golden nugget is and that's where the plaza is and that's where binions is and all the you know the old school vegas and you're right the the um better gambling odds and cheaper alcohol and cheaper food and you know again some great entertainment you know there's this the stages that are along fremont there there's some really incredible entertainment and sometimes there's some amazing bands that play there that just sort of roll up and, and, you know, is it first Friday? Is that what I'm thinking of first Friday in Vegas? Yeah. First, that, yeah. Yeah. They, they that, do have that down there. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing on Fridays. And I know a lot of people that will go, you know, down to Fremont for that. For me personally, Fremont is Sketchville. It's <laughs> there's, there's some scary mofos on Fremont street and you know, the, the characters and the street people that are there, like the street performers are not really street performers per se. And as much as it's a 85 year old man in a Borat swimsuit standing there. And that's, that's a talent somehow. And for me, I look at that and I'm like that right there, that sums up why I hate going to Fremont street. It's, it's just for me, it's not a thing. I think it's 
Again, I think it's something you should do at least once to see it. Go and see the show in the sky at Fremont Street and the and the lights and everything is really cool to see. Um, but otherwise, eh, not for me. <laughs> not, now, not okay. for me. Here, here's the analogy to the listener who has never been to downtown. If you want to hang out with Clark Griswold, you're going to go hang out on the strip. If you want to go hang out with Cousin Eddie, you're going to downtown. <laughs> And you're going to have a good time with Cousin Eddie. He's going to show you, like, there's a, like, you could go play at the uh, El Cortez and you're sitting there playing blackjack at the table. It's like, can I get a beer? The pit boss will turn around and pull a beer out of an ice chest that they have right there in the pit. And boom, you have an ice cold beer in your hand. Um, It's, there's just something a little bit less formal about downtown as well as downtown is kind of the place where a lot of the hipsters will hang out. They have a cool, vibrant music scene down there. Um, I mean, there are definitely some charms and they've definitely had their problems with the city, you know, that part of the town being very dirty and grungy, but over the last two or three years, that's been turning around slowly. Mm. And um, there are really great pockets of places, especially if you go down there during the daytime, you could find some amazing food down there that's oh, yeah. decently priced yeah. um chef natalie's eat is is down there um carson kitchen is a fantastic little uh, almost gastropub kind of place um so yeah i highly recommend downtown you just got to know where to look and you know you got to go there for specific reasons mm-hmm. and then you know then when you're done you head back up to the strip go take a shower and you're <laughs> you're back in <laughs> wash off the stank so to speak is kind of yeah no i get that i get yeah, that. not again not to shit on anybody that you know loves fremont i again the the neat thing about vegas is it's you know it it literally is it's whatever you want to make it right like it's mm-hmm. the kind of vacation that you want to make it if if you want to do this hey you know what go ahead and you do that if you want to do something else go ahead you do that you do you but for me again like i say fremont is just not a thing that I absolutely have to do every time I go to Vegas. It's, it's just not a a thing for me. So that's that just, again, it's on my list, but it was my number nine. It was way down my list of, of things to, to do. Um, my number three, and this is, this is not, this is not a cheap number three. Uh, unfortunately my number three and my number two are both somewhat expensive. Um, but I think you have to do them just to say you've done them. Number three is for me, VIP bottle service at a club. I think that's something that you need to experience in your life at least once because it's so ridiculous. It's so opulent. And if you're particularly if you're a guy, if you're a girl and you're walking down the strip, you've got promoters throwing themselves at you to get you into a nightclub and they're offering you bottle service for cheap prices or free admission and free to all this stuff. If you're a group of guys, different story altogether, buddies and I, when we did it years ago, we went to one of the nightclubs and it's a nightclub. I think that's not there anymore. It was an Aria and it was, there were six of us and for two bottles, the mix, a table and a hostess plus the tip. I think we paid $400 a person, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I mean, again, that's mental. That's, that's crazy talk you know, spending that much money, but such a good time and such a cool experience. And, and, you know, you're in the roped off area at your table with your buddies. And then, but in the same area, 
there's, you know, all the other tables are there. So you're not just partying with your own group of people. You're partying with all the other people that have spent stupid amounts of money to be there. And, and it was, again, like I say, it was a cool experience that I will never do again because I just, in my mind now looking at them, like, what the hell was I thinking spending $400 on, you know, that much amount of time and that type of thing. But it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to agree with you, even though this isn't for me. Um, this definitely speaks to the current group of people that are going to Vegas, the millennials and younger. Yeah. The, the number one revenue generator in Vegas is the day club nightclub scene. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely speaks to them. And it makes me sad to think that my window has closed for this because I'm almost 50 years old. I'm just like 13 years away from being kicked, not welcome in Vegas altogether. And they're just going to keep sending, send me on to Laughlin. <laughs> So I, and then I could hang out in Laughlin for a good 10, 15 years. And then I get to come back to Vegas as the Hef type figure. And exactly. then maybe yeah. I might be able to pull this off. Um, you'll be, but, you'll be like uh, Mor- Morgan Freeman and uh, Michael Douglas and uh, Kevin Klein and, <laughs> there you go. and De Niro <laughs> yeah. in Las Vegas. That'll be, that'll be how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I have to agree with you that getting bottle service is one of those things you have to do to say that you've done Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And I mean, I, I tell, you know, my friends the story about doing it and, and, you know, and then I get to the part where I tell them it was 400 bucks ahead and there were six of us and all of their jaws just dropped. Holy hell. Like what the, what do you get for that? Well, you get two cheap ass bottles of absolute vodka and a few cans of seven up is what you kind of get with that. And, and, but I mean, it was, it was the experience, right? You know, you, you're with your buddies Y'all put on suits or, you know, nice shirts and sport coats. We did a limo and we rode to the club in the limo and we got out and you feel like, you know, you walk past the giant lineup to the front of the line and you get to say, yeah, we're on the list. And dude looks at you kind of, you know, somewhat skeptically because you're a group at that time of, you know, late 30s dudes that you know really don't look like a bunch of white guys that really don't look like you belong there but you know what whatever we're going in we paid our money we're going in yo and it was fun like it was just a a ridiculous fun night we all had a great time and and again it's something i will never do again because i just i in my brain now it's like 400 bucks holy hell like like we said earlier where you're talking about now going there for the meals in my mind i'm like jesus do you know what kind of dinner i could have for 400 dollars <laughs> Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I'll remember the dinner at the end of the dinner. At the end of a VIP bottle service night, I don't remember much of that night. It it comes <laughs> it comes back in flashbacks and waves, right? So so yeah, but I, I think it is something you absolutely have to do in order to to you know, just to say you've done it. Man, I really hate to agree with you on this one, but it's so true. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm just like way too old. Like I'd be sitting in the club and I'd be like, hey, can you turn it down? It's <laughs> too loud. Turn the music down. It's in, yeah. And it's can really, we turn the lights up a little bit? I can't see anything. Really loud and, and dark in here. What's the, can you <laughs> when I don't, re- I don't recognize any of this music. It all just, it sounds like one long song. What are they doing? <laughs> Can I have some soup? Yeah, I'd like a soup and a sandwich. Just <laughs> turn the lights up a bit. This is crazy talk. No, I'm I'm right there with you on that. That's but hey, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Like I mean, me, I'm 43 at this point in my life. I'm not going to a nightclub. I'm I'm not going out dancing. I'm not going out partying, and I can't justify the money. But you know, six years ago, 
even then I could barely justify the money, <laughs> but it was like, you gotta do this and you're with your butt. Like I said, I think it's a, it's a once in a lifetime thing. And I think, For you sure. know, to say that you you've done it means you've, you've done Vegas. Um, you're number two on the list. What is your number two? All right. So you kind of alluded to it before where Vegas is all about the food for me now. And, you know, the same way that Cirque du Soleil has taken over the strip. I think that Chef Gordon Ramsay, in terms of food, he's also taken over the strip. And so this is my modern selection. In order to say that you've done Vegas, you have to go to at least one Gordon Ramsay restaurant. That's fair. I, I don't know if I would put it up at a number two on the list, but I would definitely add it to my list. Um his restaurants are fantastic for the most part. I'm not a big fan of pub and grill in, uh, in Caesars. I found it. We ate there, uh, last summer, found it very underwhelming. Um, personally. I, yeah, I, yeah. But, but it's underwhelming because you have such high expectations from him. I, I felt like when we ate there, I felt like I've had better meals for less at different restaurants. Like it just, everything about it seemed underwhelming. Now that being said last year, uh, last spring, uh, we had dinner at Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. As a fat kid, I can tell you that is the best meal I've ever eaten in my life. It was <laughs> amazing. It was just absolutely from the 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 time we sat down at the table, the service was impeccable. The food was amazing. And it was so funny because the this was when we were with my buddy and his wife. And she ordered whatever she ordered and it came out and it was not, it wasn't good. And she, she looked and the server came over and she hadn't really touched her meal. And, and she, you know, the server looked and went like, is there a problem? Like what's wrong? And my friend said, I don't want to be the cliche person that sends back a meal at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, but this just isn't good. (laughs) (laughs) She felt awful about it. The server felt awful about it, but they had a great sense of humor about it. And, and again, like the meal, the meal was amazing. And it was a, it was an experience. So for that, I, I would, I would definitely agree with you. And I mean, all of his other restaurants on the strip are, are, pretty fantastic too at least from my experience that i've eaten at them yeah i think pub and grill is the one um that did not hit the high expectation but um the burger is a great burger it's it's not off the charts but it's it's great it's a great burger and i think maybe maybe just a little bit priced on the higher side but it's it's reasonable and the same thing with fish and chips maybe priced a little bit on the higher side for what it is but it's not outrageous you know unheard of even um even fish and chips though like i found because i i fish and chips was amazing i found it actually priced um quite reasonable for food on the strip first of all because food on the strip mm-hmm. is always more expensive and for the fact that it was a gordon ramsay restaurant you know it's a it's a celebrity yeah. chef restaurant i found it was actually pretty reasonable i mean you can get out of there fish and chips and a drink for what 12 bucks maybe yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the one complaint that I do have about fish and chips is that they don't have um, enough seating. Yes, it's pretty. It's yeah. a really small space. And what I tend to do is I will just order something to take back with me when I stay at the link, and I'll yeah. just eat it in my room where I can sit comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, the steakhouse, Gordon Ramsay's Steakhouse over in Paris. It, I've had. I I still have dreams about the filet mignon. Like you don't need a fork to cut that meat. 
it's almost like a spread. You could use, I mean, you don't need a knife. You could use a fork to cut that beet. And um, something that I did discover in uh, one of the conversations that I had is the strip is supplied by mostly the same meat supplier. But there are two or three places that do not go to that one source. And he's one of them. And he has his own cattle um, gra- <laughs> grazing fed by beautiful women and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> the cows are happy and they they're they, not in pens they play classical and, uh, music for them they they get massages every day that's <laughs> and you could really taste that classical music yeah wow yeah. i've i've yeah. never eaten it uh, at steak uh, one year i was down there for my birthday actually i think it was the year i was down for my 40th birthday and i i thought about it and then i looked at the prices and i just thought and i know you're never supposed to do that especially for a birthday meal but I just thought, you know, I, I just can't, I can't justify that much money. I can't justify, it would have been for just me, for what I was going to eat, it would have been a $200 meal. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, every once in a while, you just, you have to say, prices be damned. Don't look at the prices, just treat yourself, splurge on yourself. But at that point in my life, I just couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> and, and and I just looked and went, nope, not not happening. And uh, so maybe someday um, I will put steak on my my restaurant bucket list for down there. But in the meantime, I mean, Hell's Kitchen, if you want to get as close to steak as you can without absolutely breaking the bank, um, yeah. Hell's Kitchen is the way to do it. We we had the Wellington when we were down there. And of course, of course, you got to have the beef Wellington. If you go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, it's the one thing they screw up all the time on the TV show. Um, so you got to try it. And they brought it out and I looked and I was like, oh, they didn't bring a steak knife. So I just used the regular, like the butter knife. And oh my God, like you say, like you can taste the classical music in that. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I would say, and I think. You know, there's a lot of celebrity restaurants in celebrity chef restaurants in Las Vegas, like lots of them. Um, But I find the Gordon Ramsay ones are the the most reasonably priced. Even the crazy Gordon Ramsay steak is not crazy priced compared to some of the other celebrity chef restaurants that are down there. And um, yeah, I think that, you know, I would say that's that's a reasonable, very reasonable number two to, to put on the list. Um, And I like that you did bring up the topic of celebrity chef because a place like Giada's, they are going to have delicious food, but the portions, what they call Italian style portions, they're smaller. And so you end up paying $30 for, you know, a a lump of pasta that's smaller than the size of your fist. And, you know, they claim that it's Italian style and you're basically paying for Giada's next yacht. (laughs) If, if they're claiming that's Italian style, I call bullshit because I have Italian friends that I've gone to their house. Yeah. The, the Let me just say the portions are not the size of smaller than your fist. That's <laughs> what we had. And that's what they claimed. <laughs> I mean, it was delicious. Don't get me wrong. It was good. But $30 for a few strands of pasta just really didn't do it for me. And, and, and the view was great from there, too. But, you know, I do like to balance type of meal that I'm having with the value that I'm getting. And yeah. with Gordon Ramsay, even though it is priced a little bit on the higher side, you hit it on the head. The service is impeccable. Um, it's a good experience from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, my number two on the list. And again, I, I threw the caveat out earlier that my number three and my number two were, were expensive. Uh, number two would be, um, 
do a helicopter ride over the strip. And this is something that I have not done as of yet. And it is one of these trips. I am going to say, screw it. And I'm going to spend the money and I'm going to book Maverick or one of those helicopter companies to do the ride over the strip. Because I think, I think you need to do that. It's, it's just one of those things where you can really get a, an idea of the size and the scope of the strip. And, you know, you can get some amazing photos, especially if you do the nighttime flight over the strip. I think that that's, that would be my number two of things to say, you know, you've, you've done Vegas. If you've taken a helicopter ride over the strip, you know, I really don't have much to add to that. You've nailed that one right on the head. It's something that I haven't done yet. And I agree with you 100% to say that you've done Vegas. And that may be the last thing I ever do in Vegas. I might save that for when I, when I know that. I'm all done. It's time to, uh, you know, head off to Laughlin. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I might do that helicopter ride because, yeah, that is on my personal bucket list. But, yeah, very much deserves to be on to say you've done it. Done Vegas. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And then so we've we've come to this part, uh, this part of the the list. Uh, The number one thing you need to do in Vegas to say you've done Vegas. Vegas. So I I will give you the honor, sir. What is your number one? Well, it's something that I try to do every trip when I go to Vegas. And uh, I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. And uh, I I like to have a steak. And it's it's, whether it be over in New York, New York Gallagher's or the Wynn Steakhouse or Smith and Walensky, which, by the way, I hear is going to be opening up in the Venetian. Mm. You know, they're a street side Restaurant clothes are going to be reopening. Um, there's something about meat, red meat, steak <laughs> in Vegas that just that having a steak with a good friend uh, or a loved one, they're both phenomenal experiences. And uh, just having that good, delicious, high end meal are in you, Vegas. Are you a, uh, you're a medium, medium rare guy? Yeah, medium, medium rare. That works for me. That's that's good. Um, that means we can still be friends because uh, <laughs> you go you go higher than medium, and all of a sudden it's like, what do you, why? What are you doing that for? I, oh, I, good. I, you had me scared that you just wanted tartar. No, God, not that. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying just you know cut off a piece and ride the rest home. I'm I'm saying you know it's got to be a medium, medium to medium rare to medium is perfect. Just the right amount of pink inside. I know yep. people that'll go, uh, how do you want your steak? Well done. Fuck Ugh. you. That's <laughs> those are that's a strong phrase, and I apologize for throwing the F-bomb in, but seriously, it's already yeah. dead. Why are you doing that to it? Why? Why? If anybody yeah. that wants their steak above medium, we can't be friends. That's how that goes. Um, no, I'm with you there, and I expect the, the waiter or waitress to hand you a charcoal briquette and say, let me give you this to chew on while you're waiting for your steak. Exactly. Here, let me take the shoe off for a second, and I'll just put that on the plate. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I hear you on that, and I... I, I used to be a guy that didn't eat a lot of steaks in restaurants. And the reasoning behind that was I found like, I love at home. I love to barbecue. You know, I get a good barbecue season at home here through the summer. My wife and I we're barbecuing steak a couple of times a week, at least once a week we're barbecuing steaks and I don't want to, you know, my own horn here, but I make a kick-ass barbecue steak. Like I cook it just perfectly medium well or medium not medium well screw you medium medium (laughs) rare just cooked it perfectly and i would always find i would go to a restaurant and i would drop 
40 or 45 or even, you know, 50 bucks on a steak and I'm disappointed. And I'm like, why am I paying good money for something that I can cook at home for a third the cost or half of the cost? So yeah. recently down in Vegas and decided, you know what, I'm going to, I think it was at Mon Ami Gabi. And I thought, I'm going to have a steak. I'm going to try a steak. And it was one of the best cooked steaks I'd ever had in my life. And I even told the server this. I said, yeah, I don't usually order steaks in restaurants because usually I'm disappointed. But this this was absolutely amazing and fantastic. And thank you for the experience. So I'm right there with you. I do enjoy now. I enjoy going out and having a steak. And like you said, there's something about eating a steak in a steakhouse, right? Like, like you say, you're with a buddy. You're even on your own. You know, you're sitting there. You're having a steak and a, and a good stiff drink and just soaking in the atmosphere of a steakhouse and yeah no i'm i'm right there with you i get that i absolutely 100 percent get that so so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i, I do that. like i do like that you brought up a steakhouse because there are different ways to have this experience i mean you could go to something like the win sw and it's kind of like a fine dining experience or you could go to a place like um hugo cellar or to um uh, the Golden Steer, where you get that feeling of old school nostalgia, yeah. or even the the steakhouse over in Circus Circus, where I you was... got the uh, the red vinyl booths and yeah. the green lamps above you, and and it, you know there, it, you could be transported by the decor, and and depending on what type of steak you're in the mood for, and I've had a lot of different steaks at a lot of different places in Vegas, you know that'll kind of help determine where I end up, what mood I'm in, what kind of steak do I feel like having. Um, that's one of my favorite things about the city. And I'm always amazed when people do recommend the steakhouse at Circus Circus because. I see that all the time on various, you know, Facebook uh, groups, the Vegas Facebook groups that I'm a part of, <clears throat> excuse me. And I, and I see that all the time recommended. And I think you gotta be out of your damn mind. It's circus circus. Like how good can it be? But everybody right. always says, no, this is the place that if you want to have a good steak in Vegas, you need to go to circus circus and go to the steakhouse and have a steak there. So I, I may have to put that on my list of, of, of places to go. I got a trip coming up here in, in a, in a couple of weeks. So maybe, maybe I might have to, you know, brave the insanity of circus circus and, wow. and go and have a steak there. I mean, the ambiance is much better than the steak. I think it's overhyped how good the steak is over there. I think a friend of mine described it. It's a good cowboy steak. There's no very little seasoning, no frills, maybe a little too much char. Or that could have just been the night that we went there. Um, but it's an old school experience where you have, you know, the two sides. You just order the steak and you get a meal where the two sides are brought out. They do the salad spin with the dressing and they pour right. it, you know, pour the dressing on. And your meal is ended with a little Andy's mint. It's very, like, classic old school type experience. The Andy's mint. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot those were even a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a good flashback experience. The steak itself, um, if you do like that type of steak, sure. For me, it, it, I'd go back for the experience, not necessarily for the steak. That's it's interesting that you you know, and this is kind of an off off topic when you talk about the atmosphere being better than the food and going for the experience as opposed to the the food per se. Uh, I kind of feel the same way about Batista's hole in the wall. I, I recommend it to people um, because it is uh, for Italian food. You know what? It's 
it is what it is. It's old school Vegas. It's, you know, yeah. you go in there and there's old pictures of the owners with, you know, Frank and Dino and Sammy. You know, there's there's those photos. There's the the old dude walking around with the accordion singing you songs. Um, you know, it's free house wine. It's not great house wine, but hey, it's free. Um, people, I've seen reviews where people have gone in there and oh, it's just terrible experience and the worst food I've ever eaten. It's like, well, what expectation did you go in with? You know, this isn't this isn't five star Michelin diamond celebrity chef material. It's it's a place that most people, when they walk by it, think it's closed. You know, <laughs> so it's yeah. it's interesting that you bring that up as a as a point of, of uh, you know, comparing that with the, the Circus Circus Steakhouse. So you know, but, I've never so, yeah. been there, but I'm, I'm imagining do they got red checker tablecloth absolutely they do yes do, yes do they and, have the the vines painted on the wall they sure as hell do yeah yeah it's <laughs> it is you walk in and it is like you have magically been transported to like 1972 ish you know mm. it's it's that um and again like the food is not great but it is what it is it's italian food it's um, good size portions, reasonable costs, free house wine, free. I think the salad is free and you get an, a, a cappuccino at the end of your meal. Like it's, it, it you know, again, like you can't go into it with, um, you know, Michelin five star, five diamond expectations. This isn't Gordon Ramsay. This isn't, um, this isn't Spago. It's, it's Batista's hole in the wall. You know, it's called hole in the yeah. wall for a reason. So, but I would, I would recommend that again. I don't know if I'd put it on my 10 list of things you have to do to say you've done Vegas, but, but I would definitely put it, put it on a, a list of things that you should, you should try to do while you're there. My number one, is it's embarrassing that it's my number one because I've never done it. All the trips I've gone to Vegas, I have never done this. It was one of those things that I just thought, you know, I I should try and do it at some point, but I go past it all the time and I've never done it. Number one, visit the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. Yeah, you know, you are, I that should be on my list. It's, it really should be on my list. I mean, I'm not saying, like, it's not um, <laughs> something special. You know, I mean, it's just, and I'm not talking about the crappy new Welcome to Las Vegas sign that's on the edge of downtown that was up for a day and a half before somebody vandalized it. I mean, this is the the iconic Welcome to Las Vegas sign that everybody sees. You know, it's on, it's, it's on every postcard. It's on, I think I've got it. Actually, I think I have a photo of it as my, uh, my uh, Twitter profile handle for Jeff Does Vegas. It, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a thing that everybody does. And, you know, I, I think you have to do it in order to say that you've done Vegas, but again, embarrassingly enough, I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think a lot of that too, is because usually I'm there on my own and I find that there's always massive lineups. Um, when I have gone past it, um, I think it's busier at night than it is during the day. But again, there's lots of people there during the day. There's big lineups. You can take the bus. There's a stop for the, uh, the SDX is right both directions. There's a stop that's right at the, at the sign. Um, but I think it's something that you do have to do because what more says Vegas than the big sign saying, welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That is such an iconic sign. And to get a picture with it, regardless of how long you have to stand in line, you got to do it at least once 
to yeah. say that you've done Vegas. And uh, if you want to go deep cuts on that one, you also get a picture on the other side of the sign that is meant for us Californians. And it says, uh, drive carefully. See you soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I should just, I should get a picture of just the other side. <laughs> I, I feel like the lineup would be shorter for that side. <laughs> yeah. No line on the other side. <laughs> no line on the other side. The The trick with going to that sign too, and I've heard this from, from other people is there are people there who will take your picture for you, but they want tips. I mean, who doesn't in Vegas want tips, but they, I know people that have said, oh yeah, there was a guy there who was taking pictures for us. He said he was with the sign and with the company. There's no people with the sign and with the company taking pictures for people. It's just dudes that show up with a camera that say they'll email you the photo or you're handing them their, your phone or your picture, uh, your camera rather, to take a picture of you in front of it. And then you're expected to tip them, you know, five bucks to, to cover I don't know, their time of them taking the time to go there. So anyways, it is, I think it is definitely something that, that you have to do to say that you've done Vegas and, and especially too, like, you know, again, we've kind of coined this first time or last time or thing. If this is your first time ever to Vegas, or it's, you know, going to be maybe the last time you ever go, or, you know, your once in a lifetime trip, you have to go to the sign, you, you know, it, it get your photo with the sign stand there and and you'll you'll love it that's you know that'll be the photo that goes out on the christmas card or on your facebook picture or whatever that'll be that'll be the big thing right there for that so i think that's that's my number one nice and simple nice and easy visit the welcome to las vegas sign that is a fantastic number one and i feel like a complete doofus for not even putting it anywhere on my list <laughs> not even in my honorable mentions it didn't even come to mind so it's it I took it for granted. So what what do you have in your honorable mentions then? Well, I mean, I do have a couple of items and they're somewhat honorable honorable mentions, somewhat questionable. For example, weed. Now that that's legal in Vegas, is that a must do? <sighs> you know, so I've never in my life have I ever smoked pot, never have I ever done anything with with weed and I mean, you know, in Canada now we're legal all across the country. Woo! Yeah. I, I don't understand the hype. Um, I think in all honesty, I think I smelled weed on the strip more before it was legal than I do <laughs> now. Yeah. And, and I'm always blown away. And maybe again, maybe it's just my personality. I've never done it. I've never had the desire to do it. I didn't grow up around people that did. Like when I was in high school, I, I wouldn't have even known where to look for weed. I didn't, you know, I was a nerd. I didn't hang out with people that were smoking pot. Um, it's not saying that, you know, people that smoke pot are terrible people, but, you know, and not saying that nerds can't either. I'm sure CES is on right now. I'm sure there's nerds all over the place just getting stoned out of their minds. But again, you're right. Like, is it really a thing or I don't know. I mean, maybe it's too new. It, it, it might be too new to say that it's a must do item. Maybe, maybe I know like last, uh, last couple of summers ago, the summer actually was right after it was legalized. And my wife and I were walking by, we came out the kind of a back side door at the Excalibur. We got turned around and came out in entirely the wrong place. And there was a couple of people there. There was three people that, and it was clearly the first time they had ever tried to smoke pot because they were terrible at it. They didn't really, and I mean, I don't know how you're terrible at it, but you, they were, they were trying to, you know, pass it around. And the one guy took a big, big hit off of it. 
and just he started hacking and gagging and hacking and coughing. And I, both my wife and I, we just laughed our asses off because we thought, you know, <laughs> this is the guy, you know, they're, they're in their twenties, they're early twenties. Ah, we're going to go buy the weed and we're going to smoke the pot. <coughs> you know, yeah, that looks like fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I tried weed for the first time in Vegas when it became legal. And how did that go for you? Uh, it's not for me. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. It's just not for me. I don't enjoy the uh, after effects of weed. And um, I totally get why some people would dig it. And sure, I mean, for, at this point, if there's a communal thing going on, hey, if you want to take a hit, sure. But uh, thankfully, I have no real draw to it. Yeah. But I figured now that it's legal and when in Rome, let's give it a shot. Um, just uh, I'll go ahead and burn through the last couple of things. Yeah. Um, I also had, uh, if I'm ever going to get a tattoo, it would be in Vegas. Yes. Um, yeah. The I, other one thing that should have been on my list, I just didn't know where to put it. You got to go to a buffet. Yeah. I think, you, I think a buffet has to be, but I just couldn't fit it within the 10. I, for Maybe me, this list goes all the way up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> for me, a buffet, uh, I'm I'm like I joke about I'm a fat kid who loves food, but I find a buffet is it's too much. It's if I eat at a buffet, I will stuff myself to the point where I feel like I'm full of nothing but shame and regret. And then I want a nap (laughs) is what I want after a buffet. And, and I just, for me, and I mean, gone, long gone are the days of the five ninety nine buffet and, you know, that stuff. Like, buffets are not cheap anymore. I was blown away the one night when I did debate on going to a buffet, and it was like a $35 buffet. And I just thought, like, I'm probably going to just do one round around the buffet. Like, I for $35, I could go and just eat a regular sit-down meal and not feel the illness and the need for a nap afterwards. Um, my wife is a teeny tiny little person. She's, you know, five, two and 120 pounds or 125 pounds. And for her to go to a buffet is completely useless. The, the first time we ever went to Vegas, we went to a buffet and, you know, it was, I think it was, I can't remember where we went, but we went in and we paid and she ate like two pieces of toast and uh, some bacon. She's like, I'm kind of done. Like, no, you're not. (laughs) And and then, and then I have to make up for her poor performance at the buffet. So then when we're done, I'm wanting to die. And she's like, let's go for a walk. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's go for a nap. I'm, I'm full of food (laughs) is what I am. So for me, a buffet is not a, a, a big, a big thing at all. Um, Again, you know, like the table games, maybe I will give it another shot and give it a try and see, and maybe I'll change my mind. But yeah, for me, a buffet is just not a, it's not even on my radar, but I think you're right for, for the average person, the first time, last timer, I think maybe a buffet is something that you do need to to do to say that you've, you've done Vegas. Um, is that all your honorable mentions? You got them all? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And, and I think like whenever I have a friend asking me, what should I do in Vegas? You know, there's the typical list. You got to go see a show. You got to do a little bit of gaming. Um, buffets tip usually on that list, just because the Vegas buffets, um, if you go to the right ones, it's 
pretty good. It's better than, you know, better than expected. And you said that, you know, you're filled with shame, regret. Don't all, don't forget that you're also filled with crab and prime rib. And that's a <laughs> wonderful thing. That is a wonderful <laughs> thing. That is a very wonderful <laughs> thing. Uh, my, my honorable mentions were, were, uh, were pretty simple stuff. You know, I said like, <clears throat> I think it's worth making a trip out to Hoover Dam. Um, I think that that's a, a nice little getaway and a good way to get away for the day. Um, if you can do that Hoover Dam drive in the summertime in a convertible, even better. I've done that. So much fun. Uh, just make sure you wear a hat and bring lots of sunscreen um, because you will burn the side of your face. Uh, that was <laughs> that was yeah. that was a terrible experience, but it was so much fun. You know, you're driving out and driving out to Hoover Dam and doing the trek, and then and then that kind of leads to you know again driving a convertible up the strip. That is such a cool sort of fun. That's kind of a, a more towards the bucket list kind of experience of things. If you can roll up the strip in a, a Camaro or a Mustang convertible, top down, wind in your hair, all the lights. And I mean, you're not going to drive fast, so you are going to get to see everything. Um, it's just, it's kind of fun. It's kind of a cool sort of thing that I think, you know, if, if you, if you've done that, you'd be like, yeah, I done Vegas. Right. Um, my food related one, uh, for an honorable mention, uh, for me going for burgers at, uh, the in and out, um, if you can do the in and out on the strip, if you don't have an access to get away and go to one of the in and out burgers off the strip, the one in the link at the promenade is pretty cool. Um, again, though, kind of, I find it's always busy in there and it's hard to get a seat and hard to get a place to sit, but I think it's, it's definitely worth it. If you can get off the strip and go to an in and out off the strip, you're going to save yourself a few bucks and you may enjoy the experience a little bit more. So that's, that's my food one. And then another one we talked about a little bit earlier when it came to sort of thrill rides, uh, riding the roller coaster at New York, New York, and don't do any of that virtual reality stuff when you ride it. That's what is that all about? Um, I would say, you know, do the, the roller coaster at New York, New York and, and enjoy that. So that's, those are my honorable mentions for the things you need to do in Vegas to say that you've, you've done Vegas. That's, that's my list. So, so there we go. I think we've rounded out the top 10, my friend. Yeah, man, I, I had a good time doing it and I think we got a pretty good comprehensive list. Um, let, and I would throw it out to listeners. Hey, did we miss anything? Yeah. Is there anything that we forgot to bring up that you think should be done in order to say that you've done Vegas? Hit me up on Twitter at Faces and Aces LV. And where can they find you? At Jeff Does Vegas on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And then uh, JeffDoesVegas.com is where uh, all the uh, the episodes are. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, this particular episode in our little crossover adventure here uh, is the uh, number five to number one. And if they want to find number 10 to number six, they can jump over to check out your podcast, which is where? Uh, you can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, all the regular podcast places. If you want to find the website, it's uh, facesandacesLV.com. And uh, like I said, Twitter at facesandacesLV. Fantastic. Chris, this has been an absolute blast, an absolute pleasure. And I'm I'm so looking forward to uh, working on a couple more of these with you uh, over the, the next coming year. This is going to be uh, it's a lot of fun. Again, like I said earlier, you know, I really appreciate the the, the podcast community uh, welcoming me into the uh, the, the fold. And uh, and I look forward to uh, to being a part of this community. It's an awesome little group. So thank you so much for uh, for being a part of this and letting me be a part of your uh, your your podcast and and this little community. I appreciate you having me on the show. And then also, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you in Vegas, man. 
You go out there seven, eight times a year. One of our trips has got to line up. Got to line up. Hells yeah. You're, you're going to pay for me to get a picture with a showgirl and I'm going to pay for a stripper to leave you alone. <laughs> Done deal. Although I think I get the worst end of the stick. I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> thinking that, yeah, we may have to rethink this. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's discuss off air. Off air, off air. <laughs> Thanks again, my friend. Thank you very much. And that brings to a close another episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Links for today's topics, including my complete list of the top 10 things you need to do in Vegas to say you've done Vegas, will be posted over at jeffdoesvegas.com. And Chris's list will be posted over on his page. Now, don't forget, I've got my next big Vegas trip planned for February 3rd to 6th with a stay at the Flamingo all set up and plans to hit up another Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook at The Space on Monday, February 4th. This time, it's in support of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. If you want details and tickets, go visit mondaysdark.com. If you're going to be in Las Vegas on any of those dates, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, and maybe we can connect while we're in town. Once again, a big thanks to Chris from Faces and Aces Las Vegas for joining me on my show this week and for letting me be a part of his show on FacesandAcesLV.com. Thanks again for listening. My name is Jeff, and this has been Episode 6 of the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast, a Walker New Media production.